Hello and welcome to the Masters Swimming Podcast with me, Joe Malone. Happy Tuesday. I hope everybody is doing well and I hope you've been enjoying the content recently. Uh, I'm always looking to keep it fresh and mix up the type of content that I put out, but do post on the Masters Swimming Podcast Facebook page if there's anything else that you'd like to hear or if you've got a great story to tell. When this episode goes out, there'll be just two and a half weeks to go until Nationals, and all events are now full, so it's a good time to speak to Jerome Peters, who is the chairperson of the Masters Working Group, uh, and Jerome, I suspect, it's, uh, I suspect it's organs blazing for you at the moment. Yeah, uh, morning, yes, uh, yes, Joe, um, it, it has been pretty much full on. Um, I, I guess if you compare this with several years ago when we still, when swimming was still had a master's officer, that person took a lot of the burden and the heavy lifting. And that now falls on a lot of the volunteers. And yes, I've had it by me having said that, um, the heavy lifting is shared by an awful lot of volunteers and it's, it's not my effort or anything else. It is most certainly a team effort. And I'll tell you one thing. I'm not even the main player in this. Yeah, well, uh, listen, I'm I'm sure you've all done some fantastic work, and thank you very much. You know, um, just on behalf of everybody for for everything you've done towards the uh, towards the championships. I- I'm really looking forward to it, and it's always a brilliant weekend in Sheffield. I have to say, there is um, there is the brilliant news that the Paris swimming events have been added for the first time, and that news is making waves across Europe. I hear, uh, so I'm sure all eyes will be it on. It is, on it board. is, yeah. <laughs> It, it has been. It's been. Um, it, it's been a very uplifting experience in many ways to get involved in this because of the positive responses, and particularly been receiving from the parrot community. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's been. And, and and when you get that positive feedback, it it just re-energize. It, it energizes you and it re-energizes you to put more effort in and make it even better. Yeah. Talk to us about how the decision came about to include Paris Women for the first time. Well, the credit for that, I guess, must go to a gentleman called Peter Winter. Um, he's the para-specialist in the Southeast region. And he'd been mithering me, I'll be honest, I um, mean, kicking my backside to, you know, to get a hearing. And there came a point when I thought, I, and, and I was full on busy with other things. So I sort of pushed it a little bit to the back of the queue. But he was very persistent, and I'm and I'm glad he was. To be honest, I'm glad he was. So when we had a conversation um, a, a good number of months ago now, um, he was explaining to me what he wanted, and he wanted the inclusion. Now, when people say, "Well, what, what's new?" because Paris swimmers have always been able to register for the Masters, and and indeed they have been. However, realistically, they would never have a chance. Yes, they could participate and swim. Um, but um, para swimming, of course, if you look at, at at international events like the Commonwealth Games recently, um, people in different classi- classified swimmers in different categories swim, and then there is some kind of conversion of their results into para points. Um, and that wasn't happening at the Masters. And of course, Masters are different because we work on the basis of age grading and age groups. Yeah. And para swimming doesn't recognize that. So the problem then is that if you give prizes and medals as para categories in a master's event, then you have to do that in both age categories and classifications. And if you then take into account the number of classifications, it's like from 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 not from one to fourteen. If you then also take into account the number of events, you know, the 50 backstroke, breaststroke and all those kind of things, yeah. and you take 
let's say from 18 to 100, about 11 or 12 age categories, that means that anybody who turns up would effectively win a medal because the chances of a para swimmer competing in the same age group, in the same classification, and everything the same is probably pretty close to nil. Sure. So I said to Peter, I said, listen, I would love to see para included, but on the master's basis and not where you just rock up and walk away with a gold medal. I don't think that. I think that devalues the championships. I also think that devalues their achievement and their it devalues the medal. So we agreed on that. Then um, we put. I put some thought into it, and I decide. And I thought, let's get involved. Let's get an Alan Rousen involved in this process. Who is the person that uh, designed, if you like, invented the Rousen formula, which is the age grade formula, which is used, for instance, for the decathlon, the Masters decathlon, which is basically derived off um, the world record in an event in a certain age category a formula, an algorithm that converts that and makes it a comparable, well, a kind of comparison possible between swimmers of different ages. Yeah. Um, uh, Alan improved that. There was what was known as the Finnish formula in the past that was used, but um, that wasn't quite working as well. So Alan put an awful lot of work into it and came up with a formula that is now being used um, in, in, in decathlon and age group event, and in, in, in master's events when conversion is needed. So I put the two in, in touch with one another and when we came up with a model that basically says, okay, let's let's take the results of a para swimmer, let's put that through the age grade formula and take that result and convert that into para points. So what we can do now is actually... Uh, because, because in the old way, of course, it was very difficult for someone, let's say, an, a forty-seven-year-old swimmer, a para swimmer, of a certain classification, swimming against a twenty-four-year-old swimmer in that same classification. Effectively, yeah. that makes you know the, the the older swimmer by and large not really competitive. You know, in the normal scheme of things. So what we've done now is we're running the para results. We they swim, they they classify and they seed it in this event according to their entry time, just like any other master swimmer enters. They they'll they'll be in the heat with people of a similar kind of time around them. However, at the end of the event, we will take the para swimmers' times, the results out, and we'll run them through effectively that um, age grade calculator. That gives them an age-adjusted time. That age-adjusted time is then run through power para points on the international para points basis, and that will give us a um, a result um, across all the ages, all the classifications comparable, and that will create a uh, a results table whereby gold, silver, and bronze medals will be awarded. And in order to make sure that it, you know, because it, it makes no sense because the, the number of para swimmers is still relatively small. So what we've done on the basis and have consulted widely with that. I mean, another important person there was Tony Ward, who is the technical director of the event and is always involved in para events like world championships and Olympics yeah. and everything else. 
and he's been advising us as well. So we selected six events in which we're actually going through that process of taking para swimmers, the results through the age grade calculator, through the para points, and creating six, effectively six tables, six tables of results for six events, and then times two for male and female. Brilliant. That sounds fantastic. So what's the uptake uh, actually been like then for the parasimming events? Well, as I said, I mean, of course, the number of uh, it, it, this, this system relies on classified swimmers because only classified swimmers can actually have their point, their, their results converted into points because they have to be properly classified. And that's a process. And that's probably a bit of the bottleneck. So the uptake um, has been it has been wide, welcomed and widely well received by the para community, um, but of course the number of classified swimmers is still relatively small. Having said that, I, mean, I have not actually looked recently, but there's a reasonable number. Um, more importantly, I think Joe, this is a pilot. Um, it's the first time this has been tried. Uh, we will be evaluating it, but already there has been. Uh, more, more than an indication of para swimmers now master swimmers saying i want to get classified now i can see how i can actually take part into proper masters events if this takes off you, you will see now hopefully an increase in 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 demand and in and requests for classifications by people that currently might swim with a disability certificate um, to get properly classified. The problem, however, that is, is that, and we were discussing that at, at the SLG, the Swim Leadership Group, on which I'm also a member, <clears throat> is there is currently a major capacity problem in getting people classified. And that is currently probably one of the bottlenecks of para swimmers being, uh, in, you know, helping to integrate and take part into mainstream events, um, whilst recognizing that there is. That they have a a a, a class of, you know that they've not been classified yet, and, and that's a shame because that really is a stop of the integration of para into mainstream swimming. Yeah, no, I understand. Well, it sounds really positive anyway. What's happening? Like I say, I really hope the pilot goes well. Are you hoping that this is just the start and that we'll see more para swimming events being added across the country as we sort of go along over time? I would like to see if this is successful, and and I know it's being monitored and watched. And then I'd say, hopefully, yes. I mean, it, it was interesting to see the other day that even the Len website made mention of this initiative. I have personally been approached by other countries that are saying, "How are you doing this? This is interesting," and they watching and monitoring it. Brilliant. So again, that's very interesting. Um, and and I can I can give you a little bit of a of an insight as well um it looks like we're actually i'm working with with uh, peter winter and alan rousen and and uh, a statistician even the royal statistical society has shown an interest and will probably write a paper which will be published afterwards of the you know the results um of this which is which is um, it sounds very simple but it's quite unique in the sense that this has applicability potentially amongst other sports as well um, so yes, it may be um, it may find some following. Uh, like athletics could effectively do the same thing, but it's not currently being done. So it is it is pretty new, as far as we're aware. It has never been done before anywhere. Yeah, well, fantastic that it's happening, and I'm certainly going to be watching with interest myself. Um, sure. so as will I. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. What, what, what about any other changes then that have been made this year ahead of the event? Obviously, this is something that's this is an event that's been going on for for a number of years now. Is there anything else new this year? 
Um, not really. I mean, one of the, the discussions we had within the master's working group is, of course, the issue of qualifying times. Now, the qualifying times has been contentious when it was brought in in the first place. I think overall it was not a bad thing, but we, have, we should remember the reason that qualifying times were brought in, and that was to give the master's working group a mechanism to to limit or to control the number of people participating. Um, it, it was never done to be exclusive. And based on, la- on the previous year, this year we felt there was no requirement yet to put qualifying times back in simply because the event wasn't oversubscribed yet or the demand was not exceeding the capacity that we have um, as you said in your introduction, I think clearly that's a slightly different scenario going forward. Um, most events are sold out, which is excellent yeah. to see. It's, it's very positive. But, of course, it brings other challenges with it. Um, so without wanting to jump ahead, I think it's fairly logical to assume that qualifying times will be back next year. But because also partly because of COVID, of course, in the last years, we felt, the Masters Working Group felt that there hadn't been not necessarily enough opportunity for people to get times on the database. Um, whereas going forward, I would urge people start thinking about it and start getting those times on the databases, take part in your local, regional, club or county events. Um so you won't get caught out if and when that decision is made to reintroduce them. Other than that, I, I, I don't think that there'll be major changes. We made some changes last year on the COVID, for instance, the clean deck policy that was yeah. introduced last year because of COVID. Um, the technical director has requested um, that we continue that. It worked really well. It worked much better for the officials on the pool deck. And I'm, I'm a referee myself and I, and I know how hard it can be when the pool deck is full of swimmers and coaches and and spectators and interested parties and swimmers for that matter. And it can be very distracting. So the the, the supervision of the swimmers may not always be top notch because you constantly watch where you're going. So we will um, stick with that. So that was an introdu- a, a, a new thing from last year, which we will be carrying forward right. into this year. Um, no, no other major changes um compared to previous years nope sounds good so let's talk logistics then so i know uh you tend to rotate each year which uh which end male and female swimmers compete in so just to confirm using my initiative here uh that <laughs> females will be on the near side and the males will be on the far side am i right um i'll be honest with you joe i can't even remember which way round it was last year <laughs> um i was there i was there for three days <laughs> i can't remember i think all, you're probably all, all right I think you're probably right. And um, on that basis, however, and I think it's probably important to uh, point out, um, some people seem to think that everything is my decision. It clearly is not. (laughs) I mean, I might be the chair of the master's uh, working group. Um, That doesn't make me um, a CEO or the boss or anything else. Uh, Decisions are taken within a working group. The master's working group, but also the master's working group. And it's important for people to understand the master's working group effectively request and in this case have appointed someone like Tony Ward, a highly competent uh, person as the technical director in charge. And that means that Tony selects his team you know, uh, like very important. I don't want to name too many names because you're always missing out on people. But like someone like Bernie Buck, who does all the entries and spends an enormous amount of time in managing that process. 
And then people come to me, can I do this? Oh, can you change my entry? No, I can't because I'm not involved. That is delegated. And actually for good reasons, because I do get emails. Oh, I need to pull out or can I change my event? Don't ask me. I don't get involved. We keep that at arm's length. There are some extremely competent people who have been appointed. So Tony Ward, who works very closely with the swimming events team, yeah. works. He uh, Tony is in charge of the of the event and appoints all the volunteers that support the event are Tony's appointments. Um, so it's all at arm's length. Um, ultimately, we're um, you know the masters group is responsible for the appointment of Tony Ward, but um, after that. We're handing over that responsibility to Tony and and Bernie and, and all the other people. Um, but as I said, it's at arm's length. So there can be no, you know, people can put as much pressure on me as they like. I have no means of controlling it. No, 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 that sounds good. So what about um, external supplies then? So I know um, in the past we've had like TYR there. I believe Speedo are going to be there this year selling, selling merchandise. Well, yes, yeah, Speedo is the uh, Speedo has a sponsorship contract with British Swimming, and under that, uh, that's that, that effectively the home countries like swim, you know, England, Scotland, and Wales, more or less. I don't know the nature, exact nature of the contract, but they seem to be buying in. So Speedo becomes the de facto sponsor of all these organisations, all these bodies, um, and that means that uh, the, the National Masters as a Swim England event falls under that agreement as well. Again that's out of the hands or the control of the master's working group. Yeah, sure. And um, what about uh, a photographer and, and things like that? Will, will there also be, be on that? I would ex- well? Yeah, I would expect so. The same photographer, I guess, last year, because, again, I think there's an agreement uh, with Swim England and this particular photographer, is it Johnson, I think, um, who has also done an excellent job, to be honest. Um, and uh, But, again, this is that's left within Swim England. They have that contact and the contract. Um, so the events team will take charge of that. Right. So again, this might be a question more for the Swim England team then, but I was recently at the Southeast uh, Short Course Championships and the whole thing was live streamed on YouTube. Do you know if this will be live streamed at all? I know it won't be live streamed. <laughs> um, um, and, and again, this is an interest. This is an, a, an interesting discussion. Live streaming is not cheap. Um and we had this discussion very recently also um, to, 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 well, to explain, uh, Joe, as the chairman of the Swim England Masters, I also hold this, the, the, I'm also the England representative on the Home Countries Masters Group, which basically is in, in charge or in control of things like the decathlon, but also the British Masters, which is the long course event. Yeah. And um, it was tried a number of years ago and the analysis showed that very few, relatively very few people actually used it and the people that did use it only watched it for a few minutes so we came to the conclusion it seemed that people not interested to monitor the whole event but want to see their friends their teammates their their spouses whatever you know the parents whatever they are um and if you take into account the extra cost it, I'll be honest with you, I find it hard to justify spending swimmers' money on that. Now, it may well be that there is a bigger demand for it. I'm not yet quite sure how I need to monitor how to, to monitor that yet. Um, but it's clearly a discussion that does come up and will have to be considered in the future. However, for this year, I can categorically say it is not going to be um streamed. Interestingly enough, and that's 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 something to be explored further. What we're talking about the British Masters is to 
effectively video the thing and maybe put out a summary like create a a video where not necessarily every heat or every event is streamed or or broadcast but a uh, more of a mood piece is if that's not that's probably yeah, right but possibly like a highlights piece a highlights piece thank you that's probably a better phrase yes yeah, so basically to 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 create a video of that but even that comes with its own uh cost for instance if you were to have have that opportunity that possibility to do that for instance in the london olympic pool then um even that incurs a cost of for three days about two and a half thousand pounds just to get the appropriate lighting so even that is um it's not straightforward and simple it isn't automatic that it can easily be done yeah, no, that makes sense, and it's it's, uh, it's something uh, like you say to monitor for for the future. Absolutely. Okay, so so moving on to other things, then um, this is your third year as chair of the masters working group. Um, can you explain what the role entails and and how's it been going so far in these first few years? Well, of course, not long after it's appointed, uh, COVID struck, and that really put a spanner in the works. Um, it slowed everything down. It stopped effectively everything. But of course, the role that I hold is more than just organizing events. Um, I'm trying to stand up for masters. I want to, you know, achieve the best experience for masters at, at, at every level. Um, so my the first task was to create a or to set up a masters working group. Uh, which was done. That took a bit of time because there was not a. I don't think there was an appropriate um, set of terms of reference for the masters, which is in place now. Um, so the masters, which is extremely encouraging, the number of applicants for the various roles that were there was was it. It blew me away, to be honest, because everybody that applied was an appointable person, and it was very hard to actually. Um, to have to reject people that were clearly passionate about wanting to contribute to it. Um, since then, um, what have we done? Well, we've been trying to work on an open water event, uh, again, that comes with its own challenges, shall we, shall we say. Um, you know, we have an, I have an agenda, like I said, that, that about inclusivity, for instance, and para, due to Peter Winter's effort, probably came to the fore of, of those challenges but equally i want to start looking i don't think that we that masters or swimming in general that masters also is a fair reflection of the mix that we have in society now i'd like to understand why that is and i'd like to set up future some initiatives to bring in more minority communities into swimming and into masters in particular um like I said, there are other initiatives, there's other things happening. You know, we, we, we are, we, the master's group is also responsible for things like the master's inter-counties. Um, again, that comes with its own challenges because different, different things. So some people today suggesting it should be held on a different day. Moving that, a, a long established event, is not easy because as soon as you move it, you're going to be um, clashing with other long established events. So, it, Whilst it all sounds easy, when it comes to you have to make the decisions, you realize <laughs> that it isn't always easy um, because there might be conflicting interests and you have to then balance that out. I mean, I'm not afraid of making the decision, but equally you want to carefully balance those considerations and try and protect as much as you can everybody's interests, ultimately to make masters a better experience for everybody. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're doing a good job, and I'm sure everybody appreciates the work that you and the other people do on the on the working group. 
I hope so. I mean, I must admit, I mean, a lot of credit must go to, I mean, whilst I might be more visible and visual to the Masters community, I mean, again, this is a team event and I'm just, if you like, the team leader, no more than that. I can't take any more credit than all the other members that support, that extremely supportive and they do a lot of the work as well. So it, it really have to emphasize it is not a one man show. Okay, so let's uh, talk more about your uh, life in swimming then. So in what capacity sure. have you been involved in swimming throughout your life, both in terms of, you know, in the water and out of the water as well? Well, um, I don't know if everybody knows, but I'm Dutch. I grew up in Holland. I was born there, grew up there, lived there for my first 30 years or so. And like in Holland, it's not uncommon from the age of four, you learn to swim because water, if nothing else, it's a life skill. It's important. Water is absolutely all around us. And like anybody else, I had to learn because, well, we're an open air pool, like Lido, what do you call it? An open air, open air swimming pool. Um, I still remember I was bloody freezing on those days because it was awful. <laughs> um, I basically continued swimming, well, spending time in the swimming pool all my life. Um, in the summertime, when it was the pool was closed, we used to jump on our bikes, ride to the nearest lake, and continue swimming in the evenings in the summer just because we wanted and we could um when i moved to england in 1990 i think yeah 1990 i i moved to england and a friend of my wife's introduced me to a local swimming club and i thought yeah a bit of fitness keep going a bit of fun but the coaches there made pretty clear their view that you know you had to come at least twice a week so i thought okay i'll come twice a week <laughs> um I guess it, it, it moved on from there. I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend that I'm one of the world's or one of the England's best swimmers or fastest or whatever. I just enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy it for the health benefits, for the camaraderie, just the fitness aspect. I'm, I'm not a bad swimmer, but I'm, I don't normally, I don't contend. I'm not a contender for any of the medals at the Nationals, so nobody need to worry about that. <laughs> Um, I, I, I guess in, in any sport, uh, I do a lot of running as well. I'm a running coach. Um, and my forte is in endurance uh, events. So um, like the hour swim and the, you know, you, I don't know if you're familiar with the... Um, the uh, T60. Um, yeah, the T60, the, um, was it, uh, um, what is it called? The... Um, British longer no. Well, anyway, you know. Oh, what I mean. sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I've medaled in that several times, and then mm. the old T thirty, that the Swim England T thirty, um, done medaled in that as well. Um, whether that says more about me or the lack of competition, I leave that in the middle. <laughs> um, on that note, of course, the T thirty is something that is also under review and discussion within the Masters Working Group to bring that back. Um, anyway, going forward, um, I became the chairman of a local swimming club in the in the Stockport area, Romilly Marina. I was that for about ten years, and there came a point when I thought I think I should lead by example and put something back into it other than being the chair. So I thought, okay, I don't want to coach because then you have to come out of the pool. Um, don't want to jeopardize. I don't want to sort of reduce my own swimming. So I thought, okay, I'll do a an officials training, so I became a, a level one um, uh, official, and then um, the referee who was um, who who was running that course effectively 
persuaded me, shall we say, to continue to level two, which I did as well. And by that time, she twisted my arm to do the starter <laughs> course. And ultimately, <laughs> I did the referee's training as well. So I've been a referee now for, I don't know, 10 plus years. And, and I quite enjoy that. So my involvement is there. I, I then switched clubs because my I, I wasn't swimming in the club in my own hometown. I'd traveled. So I've been a member at Glossop Swimming Club now, which is a very small club, uh, a typical grassroots club in um I don't know for 10 or 15 years or whatever I can't remember um I did set up a master's group as I probably should by now <laughs> I set up a small master's group within the club as well which is you know it's small but it's 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 a it's a work in progress but it's it's good to actually have that option for master swimmers to swim in their own locality without having to travel any distance and um, but and and we have this lovely pool in Glossop. It's a Grade Two listed building in a park. Um, however, it's a very very old pool. There's the the basin has been it's been it's been invested in, and it's it's you know the whilst the pool is quite nice, it's it's history shows. I mean, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it, it's one of the oldest pools actually in England, and it actually used to hold national events, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going back to the 1880s, I think it was basically donated by one of the um, the mill owners. But um, I've been working with the leader of the council to now try and 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 the MP as well to actually try and get a brand new uh, leisure facility, including a new, hopefully a six lane, 25 meter swimming pool. So I guess I'm involved at different levels. You know, whether it's whether it's uh, my role as master's chair. Um, whether it's in my local community, um, whether it's supporting clubs, and you know, as an as an official, um, yeah. So, but 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 my involvement is beyond that as well. Because when I took on the role as chair of masters in Swim England, it effectively came with a couple of other jobs, which is the England representative at the um, the British, effectively what I call the British group, which is the home countries group. But also, I have to. I've. Uh, I represent masters on what's known as the Swim Leadership Group, which is uh, within Swim England. There are four leadership groups for each of the disciplines: the diving and the pole, etc. And then um, I, I represent. I, I represent masters on the Swim Leadership Group um, within Swim England as well. Wow! So you are very much uh, all man to all things. So, uh, of all of the qualifications that you've got, what's your role going to be? Uh, what you know at the nationals itself? You're going to be doing any refereeing or anything like that? No, no. I've decided not to officiate at that event, so I will keep myself flexible. I'm actually this year back as a swimmer, only for one event. Though, yeah. <laughs> actually, that, that 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 reminds me. Actually, that is an, an innovation we brought back. We actually changed the charging structure this year. Um, and that gives hopefully people the opportunity. So just harping back a little bit, Joe. Sorry yeah. about that. No, of course. But, um, it, it, it remind you remind me there um, by changing the charging structure from the past when you had a registration fee and a per event fee. Um, uh, we've actually moved away from that and tried to calculate differently on based on the average number of swims that people uh, registered for. Um, and the thinking behind that is that by a flat fee and not having to have an upfront fee, um, it becomes more feasible for people to swim maybe only one or two events. 
Um, and I know of people more than anecdotally that people did not participate in or wanted to participate in the nationals because they felt it was far too expensive for if you only wanted to do one or two events. And indeed, there are people that said, well, if I already paid my registration fee, I might as well do four, five, six, seven events. Yeah, exactly. It was quite small. So um, we have to evaluate it and see what happens. But it looks that if you look at the uh, the list of entries, there's an awful lot of people that are doing fewer than three events. Mm. So we don't know yet uh, whether that will be successful. Well, we know it's successful, but don't know if that's the reason. But again, there will be some survey. We're working already on the survey that will be sent out after the national. So I can only urge everybody who has or will be taking part to complete the survey so we get as much input and can make decisions as, again, in the interest of the majority of the masters rather than just five or six people sitting in an ivory tower making decisions. <laughs> we would like to hear actually what masters on the ground think, what we're doing and saying when we're doing it right and wrong. No, I think that's a that's a good idea. And surveys always, like you say, give give you guys on the on the working group the opportunity to understand what what people want to actually see and, and hear. So that's that's good. Absolutely, we're, we're doing this. We're doing this for the masters. It's not us doing it for ourselves. We're not empire building. You know, we want to represent masters and do whatever they feel is the best way um, to deliver that for them. Absolutely. So, final question then: What are sure. you? What are you? You know, what are you most excited about for the nationals? What are you hoping to see? <sighs> Um, oh gosh, <laughs> I just hope people have a, an excellent time. They they achieve their goals, whether that is participating for the first time, whether that is uh, making a top 10 finish, winning a medal, whatever their goals and dreams are. Um, what, what encourages me about this year, Joe, is because it's close to, I mean, except for the women's, there's some few events, there's some capacity left. Um, the fact that it's, so um, the, the participation is so high, that means to me that uprates the whole event because it means if you win a medal, you have genuinely earned and deserved your medal. If whatever you achieve, you'll achieve against high class competition this year. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think that's that that's just great for the, for the competition. It's standing. It's a genuine championship. Absolutely. Well, that sounds fantastic. Well, Joanne, thank you very much for for joining me on on this podcast today. I'm sure we'll talk again very soon. Best of luck with the championships. I hope it all goes uh, to plan for you. And uh, thanks for your time. Well, thank you, Joe, for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, if I need to come back one day to uh, have this conversation and update it, then I look forward to that. Take care. All right. Cheers, Joe. Bye-bye.